Welcome back to Bedford Blues Podcast. I'm Sam Ro- I can't, I can't do that voice anymore. It really gets on my nerves. Hello, and welcome back to the Bedford Blues Podcast. It is October. Your chance to go behind the scenes at Goddington Road, get exclusive interviews and views from the players, management, and other areas that go into making the blues so good. We've got an action-packed podcast for you this month. Some opportunities to speak to new players, old players, and some people behind the scenes as well. The Blues are going well, winning away as well as at home, and currently without one of their stars from last season. I caught up with a man who'd made such an impact since coming up from the academy, and also had just lost a large amount of hair, the formerly dreadlocked Duncan Taylor. We talked about life with a broken collarbone, his journey over the past 18 months, and what it's like to play for the Blues. Walking around a positively balmy Goldington Road on a Thursday evening, I have next to me uh, a man with a sling, Duncan Taylor. How are you, first of all? How's that injury coming on? Yes, yeah, all right. It's coming along nicely. Shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be out for too long now, so it's it's coming along nicely. I think you picked it up in a bit of a a bit of a cheeky moment, dare one say. Do you remember much about it? Uh, not really. To be honest, got got hit pretty hard, and that's all that's all I know. I saw the video, and that's what that's what I can remember of it. And. Is it because you had that silly hair? Do you think now that sort of thing won't happen to you now? You've had a lovely haircut? Yeah, I think so, yeah, hopefully, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) How are you generally at Goldington Road and at Bedford Blues? It must be be like a whirlwind for someone like yourself these last couple of years. Yeah, it's been awesome. I was just used to playing down at Olney and then uh, come straight straight into the academy over here and then straight into the the first team last couple of years. It's It's been really good been getting a bit of game time as well so it's been really fun been really enjoying it and uh, can you describe that sort of step up it must have been um, a little bit surreal at times to sort of go through the ranks like you did and, and end up was there times when you had to pinch yourself yeah a little bit I, I mean I, I still it's still hard to believe that I am where I am right now playing for Bedford Blues but um, trying to just take everything in as, as, as it goes it was uh, a very good season last season you must be uh, very pleased with personally how it went it was good for the club as well Difficult thing with, put it into musical terms, a difficult thing with a good first album is you've got to follow it up with a good second album. Yeah. Was it more difficult approaching this season with last season behind you in a way? Um, I don't know really. I, I, I just wanted to improve on, on what I'd done last season. I, I mean, we've got Jamie in, who's, who's been, I've been working hard in the gym with him and just trying to improve in every every little bit that I can. So I'm just focusing on playing this as well as I can and just trying to trying to get as much game time as I can as well. You seem to be enjoying your rugby. There seems to be a fair few lads who uh, uh, were there at your dethroning, if you like, as far as the hair was concerned. Seems to be a very good feeling about this club at the moment. Oh yeah, definitely. Everyone's everyone's really nice and everyone's fitting who's come this year. And I think everyone's just enjoying enjoying playing together and being around each other at the club. It's, it's a really good atmosphere. And what about this season? Um, where do you feel you'd be happy ending up when May time comes? Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna obviously we don't want to take a backward step. So top four is the aim. Top three, hopefully. I mean, it's just a case of seeing how we get on in the in the playoffs, really. And hopefully, hopefully we'll get to that final and maybe throw a few upsets in. 
And as regards the, the championship as a whole, seems to have stepped up again. This league gets harder and harder. Uh, we talk at the beginning almost of October. What a month that is for, for Bedford Blues. There's some really good sides out there and we're going to have to play some really good rugby to get through it. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult month for us. Um, I think all, all the coaches and that have, have sorted out the, the regime and everything's been um, been set out for these four games that we've got, got ahead and we're just trying to finish finish um, this month as best we can and uh, obviously move on next month and, and get as many wins as we can and hopefully beat some of the big sides. We've just got to see how it goes. Mike Ray has mentioned a, a fact that he's played you on the wing last year. He sees you potentially more as a central player. Is that ideally where you're more comfortable? Um, yeah, I think so. That's where I played, um, played all my junior rugby in centre um, and I really enjoy it as well. So, um, To be honest, I'm not, really, I'm not really bothered as to where I, where I play as long as I'm playing them get on the field and get a run around and I'm, I'm happy well try and get better how long until this this arm gets free and you get uh, serious again um hopefully three four weeks hopefully less than four weeks okay good we'll enjoy it and enjoy the rest of your time uh, here at goldington road thank you very much this is miles dorian and this is the bedford blues podcast to hear from Big Dunk. I think he's done astonishingly well and continues to impress with every game he plays. I hope we can get him back very soon. Now, on to another area of the club. The former players' barbecue took place in September when the Blues played Isha and it saw a fair few familiar faces enjoying the sunshine and barbecue before unveiling a wonderful mural, or muriel as John Cooley refers to it, depicting the different generations that the club has experienced. I caught up with the unmistakable Lee Mansell to get his take on proceedings. Uh, Sam Roberts, uh, at a game at Isha, uh, and I'm surrounded by former players. There's a wealth of former players, and uh, none better than Lee Mansell to be talking to. Look at this wonderful array of, of, of former talent. It must make you quite proud. Not many clubs have such a good former players contingent, do they? No, they don't. Uh, we are one of the few clubs in the country that have this much support and the former players return in all the time. We try and do three to four dues a year um, and they're always very, very well supported. Uh, everyone that's here today for the barbecue, which is the second time we've done it, has really, really enjoyed it. And uh, we've a special treat that uh, Jeff and Johnny Mundell are drinking a pint together. <laughs> They've just downed a pint of Guinness in a race. Uh, I'll uh, let, you, uh, let you guess who won that one. Uh, but, you know, it is a massive part of this club and people might not quite understand just how much the former players contribute as well. Well, we, all, we, we try, every do we do, we try to make some money. We try to uh, give it back to the club. Uh, we're all very passionate about the club. Uh, we want the club to do well, but we're, we're just really interested in giving as much back to Bedford Blues as we can. And we all work really hard at it. We've got like seven members on the committee and we really try hard to generate an income back into the club, which is not easy in these times. And there's a mural being unveiled, sort of documenting there the, the, the amount of years that we've had at this wonderful club of, club of ours and how it's changed. It's in a pretty good state at the moment, isn't it, Lee? You, you must be enjoying watching these, these boys uh, trot out on a Saturday afternoon. They're playing quite good rugby. As you can imagine, Sam, I try to watch the games, but I do like a pint, <laughs> so um, I don't always watch all the game. But um, Big question, is there any part of you that wishes you were out there? <laughs> um, yes, there is. Yeah, <laughs> My mind says I can do it, but my body definitely couldn't do it. But uh, no, it's great fun. Mike's done a terrific job with the team. Uh, Hines is down there. And, and the, the good thing about our team is that it is part of the town. Uh, it's, you know, the players 
players are all, you can always go up and talk to them. Mike installs it into them from the from the start that the club, there's more to the club than just them. There are the former players, the supporters, and they're all very, very important. Excellent. Enjoy yourself this afternoon. Try and watch some rugby in between these pints, and uh, I'll speak to you a bit later. Thank you, Sam. Cheers. This is Phil Bolton, and this is the Bedford Blues Podcast. The former players there, and in particular Lee Mantle. It's a really valuable part of the Bedford Blues, and envied by many other clubs up and down the land, let me tell you. That seems the perfect time to speak to another very valuable part of what we know at Bedford Blues. The Followers Association are unrelenting in their passion for the Blues, following the club wherever they go on their travels. And I know the players rely on those voices in some of the more inhospitable corners of the country. I had a word with Followers President Jackie Markham, whose distinctive voice can be heard on a home match, bellowing out the fact that she has jackpot tickets to sell. Thankfully, she was a bit quieter when I spoke to her. This is the Bedford Blues podcast. This is Sam Roberts. I've managed to catch a word, not with any players or any management staff, but actually someone else who's very important on a match day. Not only here, but away, the president of the Bedford Rugby Followers Association, Jackie Markham. Hello, we're at Goldington Road before a game. From a follower's point of view, this is what it's all about, isn't it? A match day, it's all very exciting. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. It's what, what you come for, isn't it? It's the game, get the excitement, the adrenaline, and, and to you know, meet people and... The followers run what they do to just try and get on that sort of feeling of goodwill because there is a huge amount around this club and I think, I'm not speaking out of turn about any other championship club, we have something in the followers that is really quite an envy of other clubs as well, isn't it? I think it is because we guarantee to take supporters to every away game. We were, up at, we were over in Ulster mm-hmm. last November. We had a cracking time over there. Uh, we go, obviously, to all of the local games. We take two, three coaches to some of them. We, we put numbers on the gates at the oppositions, and they must be delighted that we're around. <laughs> yeah, delighted in one way. And then when you get to some grounds, you, you must feel that you're in the ascendancy. There's more, more Blues fans than there is home fans. One, one of the things that I remember, a friend of mine who is no longer with us, but she was a London Welsh supporter, and she used to sit in the stand at London Welsh, so she would go and sit in the stand, I would go and stand on the touchline on the other side, and she would come up to me after a game and say, it was a sea of blue over there, and that made me feel really good. But home, at a home game like yeah. today, what, what do you do from the followers' point of view? I mean, I know you do quite a bit, but explain to our listeners what, what the followers does at a home game. Um, our main role is selling jackpot tickets because we want to raise money that eventually goes to help the club. Uh, we take bookings for away games. Part of what my role, I feel, is to have a word with any visiting supporters that I see, you know, just to say hello, welcome to Goldington Road, have you been here before, that sort of thing. Because being president, you don't have a real job description. <laughs> I make it up as I go along. <laughs> what on earth are you talking about? That sounds like my role on a match day. And it must be good, it must be good to welcome these clubs because there are a lot of very good clubs in our, in our league. There, there are, there's, and there's people that we've seen over the years that we now greet as, as friends, you know, people, we don't have Exeter anymore, but there was a lady from Exeter that I always used to say hello, hello to because she used to sell their equivalent of jackpot tickets, so we got talking. Um, but no, there's, there's people from all of the, the older standing clubs that we greet as friends, and they are friends mm. because that's what rugby's about. 
And looking at this season, it's quite good fun being a Blues follower, isn't it? It's great. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> who have you got? Who do you sponsor? Because I know the followers sponsor a couple of players. Who do you, who do you look after? We, uh, this season, uh, we've continued our sponsorship with young Daryl Veenendal. He was mm. one of our boys last season, and we've held on to him. You must be very, very pleased with that. Just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, think that was a good one. Uh, and, and we've also got Will Fraser, one of the dual Reggies from Saris. And he gets his uh, first start today That's against right. Yeah, well, he came on uh, last week at Doncaster and he was, looked all right. So we're hoping for good things from him as well. Well, you do a wonderful job. Not you personally. I know you do a wonderful job. But that you followers do an absolutely wonderful job. It's an absolute privilege to have you here at our club. Thank well, you very much for talking to me. Pleasure, sir. And uh, I'll hopefully see you after the game for a beer. Oh, you never know. <laughs> This is Dale Vinandal and this is the Bedford Blues Podcast. Jackie Markham there. Another one of the genuinely wonderful people you will meet when you come to Goddington Road. Let's speak to someone who is just getting to know the followers. Signed from the Falcons over the summer, Lawrence Ovens is already making his mark. The uncompromising prop forward is already showing his quality in a blue shirt, and I managed to grab him just before training one Thursday night, just to see how he was fitting in. I managed to catch a word with Lawrence Ovens. What a pleasure it is, Lawrence. How are you? How is this Bedford Blues setup suiting you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, yeah, pleasantly surprised. Uh, very, very professional. Um, Mikey Rea, you know, runs a very good uh, organisation. Coaches well backed up by the coaches. You know, real good group of players. So yeah, things are moving forward uh, pretty well. You're, you're one of uh, a few players who has stepped down, if you like, from from the Premiership. Is it a big step to make? Is it something that sort of you you have to sort of put a f- bit of faith into? From my perspective, it was all you know. Large part of the decision was about getting regular game time. Uh, I wasn't you know sort of in and out at Newcastle and. Uh, was uh, was quite frustrating at times. So I'm I'm just enjoying uh, you know playing in a in a good Bedford team, who's, which plays a really uh, exciting brand of rugby, and uh, really enjoyable place to be. As regards coming in and 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 finding your feet and all that, you seem to be out there enjoying yourself, and you seem to be in a nice prop fraternity as well. They're a good bunch of lads here. Oh, absolutely, you know it's. it's talented group of uh, group of props but at the same time everyone gets on really well so uh, yeah certainly uh, you know certainly a good uh good competition there but uh, yeah I think we all, we all pull in the same direction when it comes to uh, to a Saturday and there's some bruising encounters out there we last game I saw you uh, well that we played here at Goddington Road was was Mosley even a side like that that aren't perhaps fancied in the top couple four six they still bring a strong game it's, uh, it's pretty uncompromising yeah, in absolutely. the championship um, you know, every team you play is uh, is competitive. You know, Mosley's pack was uh, you know was, was a tough pack. It took 60, 60, 70 minutes for us to wear them down before we uh, you know got that, that bonus point. So yeah, every weekend it's a tough you know tough game. Uh, there's no it's an old cliche, but there are no uh, there are no easy games. And I hate to bring it to your attention. I know you'll probably give the stock professional answer with the fact of one game at its time. But October looks a pretty tricky fixture list, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're in no illusions. It's a massive month for us. A massive month for the club. You know, a pretty decisive. Uh, 
group of fixtures there. Um, obviously, our main focus is on uh, is on Bristol this weekend, but you know we are aware that we've got to back it up every week. You know, it's probably going to be you know the top teams we're playing this month. So uh, yeah, we've got to make sure that we're on our on our metal every week. Some key games at home as well. How have you taken to this Goldington Road crowd? Oh, it's brilliant. Uh, you know, really, really good. I've never played here before. Um, you know, the, the support is is fantastic to uh, to come out in front of three and a half, four thousand people every week. You know, fanatical supporters is uh, is excellent. It really, uh, really gives the players a, a huge lift. Well, I better let you get to training. Good luck with the rest of the season and enjoy it. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So that's us nearly done for the Better Boost podcast for the month of October. A quick mention about a pretty special game happening on the 29th. Bedford hosts London Welsh in front of the Sky Sports cameras. I do hope you can be there. The club really needs to put itself on the map, in front of the whole nation, as it were, and we hope to have a really good crowd to cheer on the Blues to another Goldington Road victory. A brief mention as well, if you haven't already, download those away trips with Matt Volland and James Pritchard discussing their rugby careers and hearing some pretty exclusive information from two Bedford Blues greats. If you can, download them and enjoy. Well, that's about it for this month. One more thing to do, the magic Bedford Blues podcast telephone. This is the telephone I use to speak to players from the past. Last month, it was Ed Barnes down at Bristol. This month... Who will it be? I'll give you a clue. Probably one of the most recognisable figures in a Bedford Blues shirt over the last 15 years. A man so respected that wherever you were in the country watching a game of rugby, if he was there, fans would chant his name over and over again. Let's see who the Bedford Blues podcast telephone has picked out this month. Uh, hello? Junior Paramore, how are you? I'm Thank you, Wentz. I'm okay. Thank you, Sam. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful to hear your voice. Uh, uh, Rumour has it, and I'm reliably informed, you're down on the south coast now. Talk us through what happened ever since you left the Blues for the second time. Um, well, uh, to be honest with you, I, I, I thought that I'd um, just come down to the south, south coast where next to the beach and everything, bring back the memories of Samoa. So, but um, apart from that, I've been here almost four years now. You set up, uh, I think originally, one of the clubs you went to first was Bournemouth, wasn't it? Yes. I was there for three years. It was fantastic. Like my first year in um, in 07, um, the, the boys just promoted up to the um, almost like a Midlands uh, competition. And then we, we stay up. We, we survived that season. And then we finished fifth. And then the following year, we finished third. And then the, the last one uh, before I moved to Basingstoke, uh, we finished fifth. So it was, an, it was a good adventure. And um, it was a, a learning curve for me. What what's it like? Because I don't mean to sound sort of rude, but I would have thought the south coast is not exactly a hotbed. Oh, it's uh, very difficult sometimes. You know, you you got the the shed and everything, and you got the blues at Goldington Road. So it's totally different over here in, in Bournemouth. Like the boys run out, and you only get about two hundred people come and support you. So it's a, it's a challenging, but it's, it's totally different too. How are you finding Basingstoke? Um, well. <clears throat> I'm still living in Bournemouth because, like, I'm I'm doing like um, a commute um, to Basingstoke, do coaching on the Tuesday night and the Thursday night, and it's fantastic. It's all right. It's another um, what you call another challenge for my coaching career. You know, they 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 came up anyway with um, with uh, a job for me and my family, and and um, obviously I gotta I gotta take the opportunity to uh, 
uh, to keep on working in England and uh, and also look after my, my my young family. They were always a big part of uh, of you at Goldington Road. How are they? Are they still growing at a rate of knots. <laughs> yes, they are, mate. They are my oldest girl now. Um, both of my two girls are at a PSG in uh, the grammar school. At, in Bournemouth, uh, my little boy and um, and Jamina, they're doing okay at the at the, the, the little school, the middle school. So they're doing okay. I think they always uh, want to come back to do uh, do best in one day. <laughs> sure, I was going to say, is that is that something you sometimes think about, wending your way back to Bedford? I know it plays a large part in your heart. Yep. No, I mean, like I always have a um, a place for uh, for Bedford in in uh, my heart anyway because. Uh, that's where I um, I sort of started my career as a rugby player and made a name for myself, you know what I mean? I thought that, uh, you know, uh, maybe in the future, uh, you just, uh, you never know, probably just go back instead of a player, probably just uh, try and um, go back to, uh, to, to uh, best fit anyway as a coach and just to, um, to finish my career there before I go back, back home to, to Samoa. You've had uh, two uh, wonderful stints at uh, at Goldington Road. I'm sure you keep in contact with uh, with a lot of guys up here still, and I'm sure it doesn't take you long on a Saturday afternoon to try and find out the Blues score. Is that right? Yes. No, not really. Right. Every um, I always keep in contact with uh, Mr. Whitstone just to see how the how the boys are going, and um, I always after a game anyway, and uh, just look up the score. They're doing fantastic well at the moment. I'm sure Mike Urea is doing a fantastic job with. Uh, all their coaches and everything, so, you know, I'm always interesting to um, to see the boys do well. What, when you look back at your Blues career, is there a particular moment or particular highlight that stands out for you? Well, I think when we, um, you know, first um, rugby 10 professional anyway, when um, we play Newcastle and they all got their superstars and all, and all those, those, you know, those guys, and then we uh, we beat them in front of Goldington Road, you know, that was a, a fun memory for me, and also like going when win uh, the Shield at Twickenham, you know, with Mr. Strally, so I think those are the, the best memories for me anyway, and, and also when you run in front of the the, the crowd and everything is always fantastic, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know you play a very, very key part in a lot of people's hearts at Goddington Road. We hope to see you very soon. We hope it's not long before you're, you're back up at Goddington Road, even if it is just to watch a game. Any chance soon? Yeah, no. Um, I've, I've got a free um, Saturday anyway, so um, I'll try and come down with the family just to uh, um, support Mikey and the boys and also um, just to say hello to some of our old friends from um, Goldington Road. You're a top man. Thank you very much for taking the time out to speak to me and we wish you all the best down on the South Coast. Thank you, Sam. You take care, mate. The official Bedford Blues podcast is written, presented and produced by Sam Roberts for and on behalf of Bedford Blues Limited. Just one final thing to say. Come on, you blues.